0: That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3. Time now for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares rose at the open this morning following overnight gains in global markets. In early trade, the Straits Times Index up 0.3% to 3,146 points after some 41 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, numbers on the SJEX are still firming up, but here's what I have on my screen the Straits Times index up 0.05%, and we are looking at 3,139 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 1.18 billion Sing dollars. Gainers outnumbered losers 211 versus 154. Top 5 movers by value we've got here DBS, SIA, SingTel, OCBC, and C Heavily traded securities included C Trim, Time Beverage and Sinktown. In terms of companies to watch, we do have Struggle Corporation, the tourism facilities operator, said in its profit guidance that it expects to report a substantial net profit for FY 2023. I Meanwhile, economic developments are in focus, ranging from expectations on US core inflation in January to Q4 GDP growth rate expectations out of Japan and Singapore. Also on deck, the appetite for IPOs in India. Now, joining me in person, in fact, as we to break down the developments is James Chiu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia and India at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. James, welcome. Happy Chinese New Year. Oh, happy Chinese New Year. And Fa Fatai. Okay, and let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers and the sectors they lie in? Well,
1: I think STI very much took guidance uh, from what happened uh, overnight in the US. But clearly, I think there is a, a certain cautious tone, especially big data releases uh, in the US, whether it's earnings report or even the the big CPI data tonight. So I think it's a bit of a cautious mood, um, not much kind of big uh, drivers to to kind of highlight.
0: Right, and in terms of companies to watch, James, we do have Struggle Corporation and this is a tourism facilities operator focusing on Chinese domestic tourism. It's said in its profit guidance that it expects to report A substantial net profit for FY2023, swinging into the black from the net loss we saw in FY2022. Now, more broadly speaking, what do you think demand is looking like for domestic travel in China during this Chinese New Year period?
1: Yeah, well, I think during Chinese New Year period, I think in China, you will see a lot of domestic travel, particularly those people, uh, the Chinese, who are living within the cities going back uh, to their uh, kind of home village. Mm. So you will see a lot of domestic uh, intra-China inbound travel, uh, especially for this week and perhaps even uh, a week and a half from here. Uh, But I think going forward, um, you you might see a a kind of recovery of outbound tourism outside of China Mm. and maybe Singapore could actually benefit... uh, from that uh, recovery, I mean, if you look at uh, where we are in terms of uh, tourists from China, uh, typically it's still about halfway uh, compared to pre-pandemic levels. So there is a lot of scope for improvement from here. And I think clearly, I think it's important that uh, we do see that recovery uh, of Chinese tourism uh, here in Singapore.
0: Mm. And don't mind me following up, James, I mean, we've talked about tourism recovery uh, from China, it seems a little bit bumpy for the past few years, right? Going into 2024, do you expect the pace of recovery to go on an exponential rate, perhaps?
1: Uh, well, I think it's hard to expect a, a V-shaped recovery from yeah. Chinese tourism. Uh, they, it should improve compared to 2023. Uh, but a lot has to do with, I would say, uh, the consumption pattern because bear in mind that the property market in China is extremely weak. So I think that creates a, a sort of a, a, a negative wealth effect of sorts so people f- don't feel uh, as wealthy when it comes to spending on discretionary items such as tourism. But I think, of course, in places or, or countries that offer an uh, interesting uh, kind of alternative, uh, well, the Chinese tourists would still go out there. So it's it will be perhaps lesser than what we saw pre-pandemic, but I think it should be better in 2024 compared to 2023.
0: Right, and uh, aside from China, James, I know you focus a lot on India, India being a bright spot in Asia right now. Um, Just a while back, we talked on the show about Hyundai exploring this 3 billion USD IPO for its India unit at a valuation of up to 30 billion US dollars. Looking more broadly again on India as an IPO market, what is the level of interest looking like? Why are companies keen on India?
1: Uh, well, I think India's stock market has been extremely strong over the last eight years. In fact, there are eight consecutive years of positive returns, and this buoyant market does bodes very, it bodes very well for IPO activity because uh, there will be uh, Indian companies looking to raise capital and i think over the last uh, few years you you you're seeing a widening of investor base so it's not uh, it's not just uh, domestic investors but increasingly more and more institutional investors are looking at india and of course even in the bond market with the inclusion of global indices i think there will be more capital into the indian market so i think that increase of investor base provides uh, kind of a support for India IPOs uh, uh, this year and in the years ahead.
0: Mm, And if I may just uh, pop in this question, uh, James, if we look at um, India as an IPO market, Is it considered as an alternative compared to listing on other markets, say the Chinese markets, or is it investors are just looking at India as a market on its own rather than an alternative to listing on, let's say, China or Hong Kong per se?
1: Yeah, well, at this stage, what we are seeing, especially in India, it's largely the domestic uh, India companies that Mm. are uh, listing. And I I think it it is a large market. It it has a huge population. And I think there are a lot of uh, interesting opportunities uh, there. So very much a domestic story as of now, but I think in the years ahead as capital accounts become more flexible, you will see greater participation, uh, not just of India firms, but maybe you get uh, other uh, uh, firms listing uh, in India. And of course, uh, investor base could also widen as a result. But I, I think very much still a domestic story as of now.
0: Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with James Chiu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia and India at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. James, let's take a look at what's ahead for the week. Lots of economic indicators out. We've got the Q4 GDP growth numbers out of Singapore and Japan due later this week. What are you expecting on this front?
1: Well, I think there are a few uh, kind of uh, big trends that are happening. And of course, uh, the recovery of the global electronic cycle, I think that's something that's uh, worth watching. It's still early days, still at a green, uh, still very much in, in the green shoots, yeah. uh, of, of if you will. So uh, for Singapore, of course, you, we are geared towards that. And I think uh, that's something to watch out for, how much uh, we can kind of capture this uh, recovery in the global IT demand. Well, similarly, I think for Japan's case, uh, a lot, uh, it it has multiple uh, dimensions to it. You want to see whether uh, domestically... The, uh, how's the wage growth going there? It's, mm. it's improved somewhat, but yet it's facing some headwinds. So you want to see whether domestic consumption, does it continue to grow alongside wage growth?
0: Hmm. And speaking of Japan, uh, Japan's GDP numbers is set to confirm the country's slip into the world's fourth largest economy. Is there a cause for concern for investors? And where the BOJ is concerned, right, does it mean that it is harder for it to move away from that negative rate policy?
1: Well, I think the actual ranking of GDP, whether it's third or fourth, mm. I don't think it matters that much. But mm. I think what's crucial uh, ahead is, of course, uh, the, the entire corporate reform that's ongoing, uh, especially for the stock market. The stock market has done very well yeah. uh, on the back of all these uh, earnings uh, kind of accreditative uh, reforms that's, that has occurred. Uh, but also importantly, the direction of the currency, I think is going to be very important. It has a bearing, and in fact uh, clearly uh, the actions of BOJ would be very important to where the currency will go. So if there is any normalization of its policy, whether it's yield curve control or moving out of mm. its negative interest rate policy, that could mean that the Japanese yen might consolidate or even strengthen from here. And mm. that perhaps could be a headwind for how Japanese equities uh, would uh, kind of uh, move in the weeks and months ahead.
0: Right, we're just talking about the Nikkei having a winning day as well. A uh, Further away, James, let's take a look at what's happening over in the US. Juicy piece of news over here. Nvidia briefly overtook Amazon and market value in the previous session. I know it ended just slightly lower. And that's, of course, fueled by soaring demand for the chips used in AI computing. How would you read into this? Are we looking at an AI bubble? Over here.
1: Well, I think AI is here to stay. It's not just a 2024 trend. It's a, a multi-year, multi-decade trend. And, and I think the the latest uh, Q4 or earnings reports from major tech companies have shown that they are using AI and they are adding to earnings, which is actually uh, very positive. And we are still in early. We're still early days uh, in terms of how AI is being used, whether it's through uh, software. Uh, whether it's through uh, the beneficiaries from cloud or even various infrastructure or even the chip makers. So I think we are still very much in the early days. But clearly, I think there is a case uh, in 2024 and beyond that it won't just be the tech companies benefiting from AI, but the non-tech companies that are using AI in their day-to-day operations, that could improve productivity, reduce cost. And I think it's a multi-year trend that many companies are in in the early stage of exploring how they could use AI to kind of help their
0: businesses. Hmm. When it comes to valuation for companies related to AI, especially those in tech, do you think investors have run ahead of themselves? As you mentioned, we are still in the very early stages of AI, right? How it could be Use, it could be up to investors' expectations. It could also turn out to be underwhelming, right?
1: Yeah, well, it really depends on the earnings uh, season and, of course, how that pans out. So yeah. far, it's showing a very strong indication that this trend can continue uh, on. Uh, But clearly, I I think there is also a case to look at um, companies that are outside of the tech space. Because if we do get a soft landing in in the US economy, there will be a broadening out of uh, kind of growth in other sectors as well. Whether it's healthcare, consumer discretionary, Mm. companies that are using AI in their daily operations. So I think that would start to kind of uh, give some of these companies uh, a chance to play catch up. Mm. Uh, with the the big tech companies uh, in 2024.
0: And uh, James, we've got the January US core inflation numbers out tonight. All eyes on that as well. According to Bloomberg News, I believe the CPI report is forecast to come in below 3% on year for the first time since March 2021. Question though, I know it's a bit of a crystal ball over here. What are the odds of an upward surprise?
1: Uh, well, I, I think uh, one have to take a step back and look at how this trend has played out. I think compared to a year ago, uh, inflation is twice that of uh, 3%. So it has gone down significantly uh, over the last year. And clearly, I think this number um, consensus is expecting the number to be below 3%. So, um, well, there could be a case, uh, there could be a risk uh, if, if it doesn't fall below three and it goes a little bit higher due to the stickiness of rentals or even mm. service inflation. There, There is a chance, but I I think what investors have to look at is that general trend down and whether the components that drive CPI, are they pointing downwards? Mm. And I think there is a strong case that this downward trend should continue. Mm. Um, And I I think that is why in the months ahead, we should see inflation stabilise. But I think to reach... Under 2% this year, that might be a bit too optimistic because uh, mm. service inflation is still a little bit sticky. So right. it might be a bumpy ride, might not be a straight line <laughs> down, but you know, there might be bumps along the way. But the yeah. general direction is down.
0: Okay, the general direction is there. Now, some market watchers, this is the last question, uh, James, uh, some market watchers say the S&P 500 rally has hit a wall in the roundup to the CPI numbers. Question is, assuming all's good with the CPI, right, below 3%, how high can the S&P go then?
1: Well, if you take a step back, um, if you look at earnings, uh, consensus earnings growth. Um, S&P 500 is expected to deliver earnings growth of around 12% consensus. So, if you assume that there is no multiple expansion from the price, uh, yeah, it could actually still rally on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I think um, there are a few reasons to think that there, there will be a conducive environment. I think soft lending is one. Interest rate cut is another. Mm-hmm. So And of course, earnings growth is still quite solid. So, as long as these three factors continue to point in the right direction, you should see S&P 500 grinding higher from here.
0: All right, lots to watch indeed. Seems like an exciting year ahead. Uh, thanks a lot, James. That was James Chiu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia and India at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: A pleasure is mine. Thank you.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.